Welcome to The Good Work, a podcast and video series that follows the event company, an event design company that specializes in corporate, nonprofit, and social events. Our passion lies in creating one-of-a-kind events that share the good work of organizations we are fortunate to collaborate with. Tune in for conversations with leaders of these great groups, our best advice for your next event, and some behind-the-scenes moments. Now, let us show you the good work. Social media is a crucial and evident aspect in today's world, and in the event industry, we talk frequently about making an event social media friendly to not only attract attendees, but to also engage them at the event. In today's episode of The Good Work, we will talk about how to make an event attractive on social media and easy for guests to engage with. Please welcome to today's podcast, Addie, Sarah, and Callie. Welcome to this week's podcast, Sarah. I'm so excited you're here today. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. We kind of like popping her in when we can. And we do. Social media, she's good at. So we've got her here today to talk about social media. Well, yeah. are you going to talk about it or I'm talking about it today? I think we might be interviewing you a little bit more just since you're the professional. We're just, yeah. We're... Isn't your Instagram like PR professional or prof? <laughs> prof. prof. <laughs> Which is not Stan. I had one person ask me one time, they're like, so you're a professor? I'm like, no, it's prof, like professional. Well, I mean, you do teach people though. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I love social media though. I feel like I wish... Um, Instagram would have multiple spot drop downs for me more because you can only have five. You probably don't know this. You can only have five Instagrams up at one time. Yeah, I would have no idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wish that Instagram would let you have more than five. One of these days they'll listen in. But right, right, right. right. I ever, it's kind of funny, though. One time Drew got onto my phone and I said, oh, you're going to see so many of those uh like the notifications from Facebook or whatever, because sometimes I'll get on and there's like 77 notifications. Mm, That's all from events. Yeah, I know. And it's hard because you have to, I mean, you need to stay on top of all those things with all the events that we do, but yeah, it's fun. Awesome. We're lucky to have you to do them. So thanks, Callie. No problem. makes my heart happy. No problem. But we'll lead into the first question. So we're having an event. What's the first step to get ready for social media for the event? Branding, I think, is super important. So many times we work with events where they may not have everything cohesive. The look may not be consistent across the board. And it's really that's your kind of first entrance into the world, I think, in the event industry nowadays. Before, do you remember it used to be when you got that save the date in the mail? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, this is it. And that is, I think, still out there. But it's also that social media presence. We see, and you guys can attest to that so many times, events are sold out because of online presence. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the Facebook ads, but it's conversation that's happening on social media. So I would say branding is the first thing. Haven't you seen before different, even events that we talk about each week in our TV segments and radio segments that are sometimes not as complete like we had that today where one, I'm not going to mention it, but one today said like, it's possible that these things could be happening and you have no idea if it's going to or not. Yeah. Or even simple things like having the correct date or putting the time time. or location. Sometimes I feel like I I pop on the pages and I'm like, oh, this sounds so great. Description sounds great. But then it's like, I don't know when it is, where it is. Like, they're just simple details. Sometimes you think, like, you almost forget in a sense. You're like, people will know. But really, for someone brand new that's just searching Facebook or it pops up, like, 
you would have no idea. Yeah. Right. And I think that's when the calendar comes into play because you can make an event within your organization. Oh, yeah. The event calendar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. You're so smart. Yeah. People should utilize that more. And they don't. I don't yeah. think a lot of people, they should be utilizing a lot more because you can attract a different audience. And it's nice because you can shut off or turn on like who's invited and if you can see the guest list or if you can invite other people. But it's funny that we're talking about social media because we um, just put out like one of our parties, our personal parties that we're hosting as well. And we do it as a private invite, but then people can see who's invited, which is still kind of fun. But right. do you guys ever use it for personal reasons for private invite, private stuff? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Bunches of parties. We do the Facebook invite yeah. thing. It's yeah. so nice because then yeah, everybody's all in one group chat yeah. and everything's all in one place. Have you ever done it public when it should have been private no oh, I no. Have for sure <laughs> oh yeah I did it for New Year's Eve party one year uh, and I'm like oh damn I'm like I gotta take that sucker down so you can't just easily quick well back then you couldn't quick switch and change and I don't know because I've never done it since then like mixed up <laughs> but I'm like the whole world is gonna see because if it is public you know you can see who's going and who's not attending and you can see those things especially if you're both invited to it yeah but Gosh, could you imagine all these rando people just start showing up to my house for New Year's Eve party? Oh, gosh. I mean, kind of interesting. So for me, I use those calendar events on Facebook all the time. Like if we don't have anything going on one weekend, we'll just kind of search what's going on in the town. Yeah. And then, yeah, it gives you so many options. I like it. One thing that I always tell people, too, for social media, since we're talking about how to be savvy with your events is – You need to be realistic with those numbers that people say that they're going or that they're interested, right? Because you can say interested going or not not, like decline or whatever Mm -hmm. it says not going. And I think so many times people just hit going instead Mm -hmm. of the interested button. And my one word of advice for anybody who's listening or watching is if you have no, you're not for sure if you're going to go, just put interested. Because so many of those event planners or the clients or those that are hosting events think like, my gosh, we have 1,400 people coming. We have to change the venue. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, it might be just a small percentage that are attending. Right. And what we have found over the years is typically about 40 to 50% of those people that said that they're going really show up. I mean, just inherently tracking those things to seeing who's going, you just you have no idea. And I would say more private events, if you're doing them as a company that's doing it as private inv- or a private invite, um, that's more accurate, of course, because you you can hand select the audience that's going. But once you go public, oof, <laughs> there's can't go no back. There's back. no going back. <laughs> but yeah, I would just, that's my one piece of caution for that. But social media can truly enhance or or hurt an event for that matter, yeah. you know? If so sh- if stuff goes wrong or awry, it's all out there. Right. So we've talked a little about Facebook. Yeah. How do you maybe talk about the other Instagram, yeah, Twitter? Twitter yeah. How do you kind of handle events on that? Yeah, Instagram and Twitter. So I kind of like to follow. It's called like a fit method, which is so strange that I don't even know why I came up with this years ago. And maybe I didn't. Maybe I copied it from somebody. I don't really know. Ooh, yeah, so do not that, sue me when that, I talk about this. But yeah. <laughs> I kind of go in Facebook, Instagram, then Twitter, right? So it kind of goes in order of how many times you should be tweeting or putting things on for post. So Facebook, it's not as many. Then Instagram, it would be more for the I, T, it's as many times as you want. Like we have events where you live tweet from events, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And now we've got Insta story and Snapchats and all these different things. Even Facebook's got its own little story piece. So the times where their stories or their quick hits like tweets or um, Insta story or Facebook story or Snapchat, you can do as many of those as you want because they're quick hits, right? And they go away. It's those things about on Facebook that you don't want to do too many of them unless that's your only 
platform or your profile. Like we work with an organization helping kids around first, for example, they only utilize Facebook. So everything goes out there, right? So during an event, you could have five posts out there. But if you've got other platforms, make sure you're utilizing them because that's where people are used to seeing multiple things. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense, you know, seeing things on Insta story or Snapchat or even Instagram, it's very picture driven, whereas Facebook, you can have quite a bit more text, which is nice. Right. So how do you track if you're getting a lot of traffic for your event on social media? Through the engagement piece. So that's a really good question. So you need to be an admin or an administrator or even an editor on the page. And you can easily see what engagement pieces you're having. But also, I also think that sometimes social media analytics, especially Facebook, can change drastically from one day to the next. So you need to look at how many people are leaving comments and how many people are liking the post, how many shares that you have out there. Sometimes some of your best engagement can be all organic where you're not paying for them. But we do have events that are boosting posts and paying for different posts um, to try to get that additional traction, which is nice, but um, making sure that you've got good feedback. So don't you guys find out when uh, or find when you're looking at things through social media, when you're scrolling through your feed that you see pictures and videos, you're going to look at them more definitely than you do when you see text. It's nice now that Facebook, even Instagram, oh, well, I think all platforms have this now where you can just type your text over like an image now. Do you know yeah. what do they yeah. call that? I don't even know what the fans, it's I just, don't know what they're called, but I know what you're talking about. It's just about. Te- the color the live backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's right. nice that they can do that now because before people would just be posting stuff and you would miss it, right? It's those quick hits. Of the pictures or the videos, I think that are right, super attractive. I think, so I, too. Think. I think we're mindful of it too, just when we talk about social media for our events of how can we be more visual mm-hmm. in what we do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think hashtags are so important as well. That was at one point I wanted to make of how we always try to do event hashtags and follow the conversation throughout the event. And right, fun hashtags too. I mean, you you can't be so complicated though that people don't understand what it is. Right, um, but also. Um, also researching, I think, your hashtag before you put it out there. I've, I think I've mentioned this before, but or maybe not, but I had an event once um, and it was a red tie event and it was called like the Red Tie Society. So we were hashtagging everything like Red Tie Society. And all of a sudden, um, this was like a, a gentleman's club in another state. Oh. Not, yeah, not this event. I but there was some interesting photos that yeah. came up. It's really interesting how not to track your engagements when you don't have the right thing that's out there. But um, it's yeah, you just need to just make sure you're searching through your hashtags. But also, it needs to be applicable to the event. Um, but also fun. And if it's if it's too hard for spelling wise, then it makes it hard for your guest as well. Like um, if you have an I before E, except after C, you know, all of those weird <laughs> rules or does this have an E on the end or is it ING or whatever? It just needs to be applicable to them. Plus, I also feel and you guys may have differing opinions, but when you're using hashtags at events, not having too many of them have one. Right. right. Some of our events have a couple different ones, which I think is awesome to be able to do because they maybe have a national organization that they're a part of. It's not just local. So they have a local hashtag and then a national one. So the national folks can pull it up as well. But I think having one hashtag is important and it's not um, it's not confusing for your guests, but it's also easy for tracking engagements. So what are your kind of thoughts on, I know we've done them at a few events, I think, but 
you'll kind of see it when you go to like basketball games or whatever where they'll show like the live tweets or instagram posts or whatever on like the big screens yeah. like what are your thoughts on that is it I beneficial or yeah i think it's a good engagement piece i think it's always fun we have to keep in mind that now with all of facebook changing now since facebook owns instagram and all those different pieces some profiles and i think facebook no longer allows that feed to go in mm-hmm. because you have to be a friend right to see stuff on your wall right. and things mm-hmm. like that so I think Facebook's got a lot of different rules now about it, but Twitter is fine. I've seen stuff through Instagram, but like when you go to basketball games, like you're talking, mm-hmm. like Summit League um, did a great job with their yeah, tweets. That's right. You I know? Saw it too. And sometimes you can make it where it's so fun, where maybe you're doing a random drawing for people to sit front row, right? Or you're giving them an extra prize. Maybe it's two tickets to next year's event or whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be. Make them VIPers. So a lot of concerts do it as well, I think, and conferences do it. Right. It seemed like way back in the day, way back in the day, like 10 years ago, <laughs> um, people were doing it a lot, right? When Facebook first started and the profiles were out there and you're just trying to get really awesome engagement. Um, I don't think we see it as much anymore with the tweet walls, but sometimes you're you're seeing them. They can be beneficial. If they are just a, a separate wall that you're not utilizing and it's just there for aesthetics, I don't think it's very useful because mm-hmm. you have to integrate it into your MC script and it has to be in programming. Otherwise, people are like, what's that wall for? They don't get it. Right. So. Right. Okay. Good food for thought. Yeah, definitely. So during an event, you pretty much do all the social media for organizations. Is that correct? Yeah. Can Gosh, you- I feel like I'm... Be- <laughs> Tell me where you were on the night <laughs> of. Is, are you, is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> yes, for the most part, that's correct. Unless they choose to take it over themselves for that night, which we have a lot of groups that do that. Um, or we've got social media ambassadors. Oh, what are those? <laughs> As if we don't know the answer. <laughs> Can you just tell us a bit more about social media? Yeah, I love social media ambassadors. So we have this job description that we, we created a few years ago, ago for social media ambassadors. And what they are, those people that are kind of acting um, – on their own platforms, but they're representing you, if that makes any sense. So if I'm a social media ambassador for like our Cheers to Liberty event, for example, I will utilize their hashtags. I go through a little training to learn about what I should be posting about and what should be out there, what photos should be uh, posted on my platform. And then I'm utilizing that hashtag and I'm acting kind of on their behalf. I'm like their ambassador, right? I'm sharing all the awesome stuff that they're doing. Typically, these ambassadors have a role before the event, during the event, and post. So we always ask them to post a couple things prior to the event, like get your tickets now or we're selling out or doors are going to close or um, tickets are going to close here in the next 20 minutes. So get your tickets now and then throughout the event itself. And the reason why we host these trainings – and every company is so different. Sometimes if you do one training, they feel like they can do it on their own. But the reason why they're so beneficial is what if Callie and I are social media ambassadors at this one gala, for example – And we both are near the martini area, right? So we're constantly posting pictures of martinis. Well, that's not effective for us to be in the same area at the same time because that's all that people are going to see from the public by utilizing that hashtag. So we try to purposely put those ambassadors in different spots throughout the room, which is nice. And I will tell you, some organizations really got it and they understand what and how um, social media ambassadors can be beneficial to them and their events. And sometimes they just don't. They're like, sure, yep, let's do social media. And then they kind of forget about those people throughout the night. But we've had some really good response from those people that truly take their job serious because they're taking pictures ahead of time. They're getting there before the event starts. They're snapping pictures of centerpieces or guest checking in. And they truly take their job serious. Like the uh, Let Me Be 83, like the blue ball last Mm -hmm. year. Um, Heather Taylor, like her daughter, did such a phenomenal job. Her and her daughter both did last year at the Blue Ball. But they came early. 
They were grabbing pictures. They were talking to people, getting stories, and they're talking about things that are happening throughout the event. So you kind of got to be a part of that event through their eyes, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Right. And the reason why these ambassadors are so important as well is they're not paid to do that job, right? So they're doing it out of kind of the goodness of their heart as a volunteer or event concierge or whatever it happens to be. But they're not being told what to say either. They're just guided a little bit. So all of those followers then, so if I have 500 Facebook friends, all of those friends have the capacity to see everything that I'm putting out there. And if you have 500 and you have 500 and Nate has 500, so now we have whatever 500 times four is, that'd be 2,000. 2,000 <laughs> people that could possibly see our message. So that's super cool, first of all. But yeah. it's awesome because we all have different friends and we all have different circles that we run in. So it's really impactful for the organization. And it doesn't just have to be for-profit events or non-profit events. It's a lot of different things. Yeah, We did um, an event with Lloyd Companies when uh, Craig Lloyd retired, and we called it a rewirement party and said retirement. Um, and p- people were using that hashtag throughout the night. Mm-hmm. So that's doesn't have to be just um, at corporate or nonprofit events. But you have a fun hashtag for your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So my family does beekeeping. So our hashtag is happy to be a hoggy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it too. But see, it's personal, right? Yep. It's super catchy. Mm-hmm. And nobody probably had that hashtag, nope. correct? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a first. Yeah. So it's it's fun. But I think it's um, being creative and, and unique. But it does, like we always talk about, like follow the conversation and what does that look like? So if you are saying follow the conversation at your events, then you better be sure you're posting about them throughout That'd be my one caution is sometimes people have their own kind of dreams and aspirations about what social media should be at the event. But guess what happens? Reality steps in and the food isn't out on time or registration's chaos or this person's trying to get in the door and they didn't buy their ticket. Like it becomes chaos. So that's why these social media ambassadors become super impactful and important, but also how we can help them too and step in and help do the social media for them throughout the event. Mm-hmm. And I think like going on to that, it's kind of a little bit off, but to keep going with the ambassadors, a lot of times we'll have those people also sometimes they're like photo booths or statement pieces because those are the things that are photo worthy. Yeah. And then a lot of times we're attract, like moving them towards of don't yeah. forget to check this part of it out. And I think that's an important part of it too. And a way to engage guests. Yeah. Because a lot of times we'll post them on the website and then they can share them on their social media and use yeah. the hashtag. And I just think of like all of the raffles that we've done or like silent auctions, how we pre-post those things ahead of time mm-hmm. on social media. How awesome that is for those organizations. Gosh, there have been some groups that we've posted some social media or on social media on uh, their auction pieces before the event started. And you come into the event with thousands of dollars raised already in auction items or raffle tickets that have been sold prior to you even stepping foot into mm-hmm. the venue for the event. Right. But it's a, that's the power of social media. I mean, we're so visual these days and people want things now. So if they can see something right now, they have to have it and they have to bid on it. It's all through social media. Right. You know, you're not going to be mailing those pieces out. Um, I mean, you can, but it's just not, it's not traditional anymore. And it's interesting because I think even a few years ago, people are like, my grandma's on social media and the primary audience at this event is all 75 plus people. Well, those folks, believe it or not, are still on social media and mm-hmm. they're wanting to see pictures of their grandkids, whether they engage or interact or post things on their page. It, it, it may not be, but they're still looking and watching and they want to see those things. So get the word out there. And for the most part, social media is free, right? It just yeah. takes the time. 
yeah. to be able to do it. But I think the auction piece and the raffle piece is huge. Well, and I think by giving people a little taste of what the event is going to look like kind of makes them want to come more. So maybe people that don't have tickets will buy tickets because they see all this fun stuff going yeah. on. So, And yeah. when you're tagging other people in those po- posts as well, that would be another little tip to be social media savvy for your events is is tagging those vendors that are a part of your event or sponsors that are a part of your, your event is so important because you're getting kind of their engagement and their audience as well. I think of um, some sponsors that have shared posts, like thank you so much to XYZ for being our dinner sponsor. And if they share that post, what if they have 15, 30, 40,000 followers, then those people then see that message, right? And let's say you're this little nonprofit with only a couple hundred followers. Look at how that has drastically changed your engagement piece of it with just one post, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. So utilize the tools. And I know it's daunting, like social media in general, it changes so much. I think you like, I think we do a good job of reading and keeping up to date and to stats and reading when Facebook changes its rules today or tomorrow or whatever it looks like. Um, but I think staying up to date can be super daunting with it. But that's such a great tool, really. I think of how it's changed. Even some of our own organizations that we work with, how they've basically started and now have grown all mm-hmm. through social media. Mm-hmm. So I think of Bethany McKenzie with exactly, Let Me Be 83. That's exactly who I was thinking of. You're, yeah. So you're talking about a woman who wanted her son to be healthier, right? Who has um, diabetes and you wanted him type, type 1. And she just wanted a platform to be able to share with people not just locally, but across the world, what she's doing. And now she's got over 15,000 Facebook followers and huge engagement um, on her page, all because of one passion of one woman. Yeah. But now people all across the world are, are able to see it. So that's incredible. It's, it's what you put into it, though, too. You know, like if I want to read a book and uh, I'm going to set a goal to read this book every day, I better read some pages every single day. It's the same thing with Facebook. If you want it to work, you have to do things every day with it or find out what your schedule looks like beforehand but right well thank you so much for all your expertise today i know we appreciate learning from you i know everyone else will too so yeah tweet it up friends (laughs) (laughs) hashtag the good work hashtag the good work (laughs) thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the good work we hope our tips for making an event social media savvy will help you with your next event tune in next week as we talk all things about trade shows Don't forget to subscribe to The Good Work on YouTube and iTunes and follow the event company on social media to stay up to date on the good work we are part of each day.